Go. How is everyone this evening? Good. <clears throat> Please turn with me to your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians 4. Let's just go to prayer before we begin. Father, we come before you this evening and prepare our hearts. Father, as we will be speaking on love, and Father, I ask that you will help us to love each other. And Father, as I was coming down the road on the way to church, I couldn't help but tear up a little because there are some people within this congregation who do not love you. And their soul will face your wrath. And Father, it brought tears to my eyes to think about this. So Father, I ask as we speak on love, that you will pour out your love upon these people because you already love them so much. In your almighty name, amen. Let's read 1 Thessalonians 4. Finally, brothers, we instructed you how to live in order to please God, as in fact you are living. Now we ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality that each of you should learn to control his own body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the heathen who do not know God, and that in this manner no one should wrong his brother or take advantage of him. The Lord will punish men for all such sins, as we have already told you and warned you. For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Therefore, he who rejects this instruction does not reject man, but God, who gives you his Holy Spirit, Now about brotherly love, we do not need to write to you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love each other. And in fact, you do. Love all the brothers throughout Macedonia. Yet we urge you, brothers, to do this more and more. Make it your own ambition to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business and to work with your hands just as we told you so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders and so that you will not be dependent on anyone. So I just want everyone to close their eyes, if they could. I'm just going to ask you some questions. Why do you dress the way you do? Why do you talk the way you do? Why do you act the way you do? Why do you come to church? How do you act outside of church circles? Now let me ask you, do you love Christ? Do you want to serve him with your heart? Do you see a manifestation of the Holy Spirit working in your life? My friends, if you had to think about it or say no, then you may not know God. With your eyes still closed, let me ask you, Do you continually die to self and live in love, who is Christ? What do I mean by this? You go to church because you love the body of Christ and need to be replenished with the Spirit. 
You dress modest because you want your heart to be modest to please your Savior. You act holy. What do I mean by this? In your heart, you yearn to be obedient to God. Not because you know you have to, but because you love Christ. You talk not of slander or false testimony, but in purity and truth, because you know God is truth. If you know... If you are acting in any other way in obedience than love, my friends, you may not know God. Then you say, how do you know, Randy? Well, because I lived it. And if you came to my testimony, you would have heard all about my cultural Christianity. It is a joy to speak with you this evening. You guys can open your eyes. It is a joy to speak with you this evening. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you. Do you know how much love it takes for me to stand before you and tell you things you may or may not want to hear, but I have to say them. So verse 1. Finally, brothers, we instructed you how to live in order to please God, as in fact you are living. Now we ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this more and more. Do you desire to live a pleasing life to God? Do you desire to please Him more and more? Every day you need more. You want more. Father, I must have more of you, or I will die. Do you desire to love God? If you said no, you are not Christian. Then that begs the question, were you ever a Christian? How do you live pleasing to God? The scriptures tell us he wants to present ourselves as a holy and living sacrifice. Romans 12.1 The Apostle Paul is asking us to give the most any human can ever give. Themselves. Not just a lot of bit or a little bit, but all of us. But then Christians today dumb it down to suit their needs, breaking commandment number two, do not make a God to suit yourself, dimming their conscience enough to send them straight to hell. I don't care what you think. I want to know what the God of the Bible thinks, because come that day you stand naked and alone before a holy blazing fire with no one else to save you but Christ. How will you truly stand? Do you know what sacrifice means? The dictionary says, an act of slaughtering an animal or person or surrendering a possession as an offering to God. Yes, even the dictionary says to God. Paul is asking the most any human can ever give. Themselves, dying to themselves, completely surrendering and slaughtering our fleshly and earthly nature and living in Christ. How do we live in Christ? These are two commandments we are given. Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Notice how the first word in the commandment is love. If you still love the world and the things of the world, you are not Christian. What do I mean? I found a quote by a pastor whose name is Paul Washer I'm going to read. Today the gospel is almost treated as a baby step into Christianity. It's reduced down to a little track, and if we agree to what's within the pages of that track, we're called Christian. The people that claim to know Christ, yet live in a way that the Bible contradicts, they are not Christian. Do you desire to have the world's respect, the esteem of the world? When you look at the world, do you long for the world? Act like the world, talk like the world, smell like the world, think like the world. If God's power cannot be seen in your life, leading you to greater and greater holiness, maybe there is no power of God working in your life at all. 
you should be afraid. God will work to make you holy. Is that a reality in your life? To not be what you see here in the West. Those who have the love of the world do not have the love of the Father. What We are saved by faith and faith alone. We are not saved by works. But what you need to understand is this, is a person that has truly been saved will be born again. They will be a new creature. They will have new affections, new desires. God has done a tremendous work in them to demonstrate his power. Now, has he done that to you? Since you professed Christ, are your desires for Christ growing? Are your desires in holiness growing? If God's power transforming your life evident, are you becoming less and less like the world and more and more like his image? When God truly saves a person, he begins to pull them out of the world, out of sin. Is sin working, or is God working in your life to pull the world out of you, pulling you closer and closer to his image? When God truly saves a person, he cuts them off from the world. What's the world? Everything on this planet. Every idea, every thought, every action, every word that contradicts God's will and nature. If you want God, you will have to let go of the world. We live in a land where it tells you you can love God and the world. That is a lie. If you love the world, be afraid, because that means God may have never began a good work in you. End of quote. If we aren't loving each other, then we are not loving God. Christians are people mesmerized by something so great, it seems small to throw your life away. Then you say, hold on, Randy, I haven't experienced anything great. Well, tell me your testimony, and I'll tell you what Jesus Christ did in your life that was great. When have you repented of your sins and walked in the way of love? Romans says there is no good, no, not one. As you grow as a Christian, it shouldn't matter if you live or die. And believe me, those are hard words to understand. The reason people are so grudging and so sparing today is because they do not know the mercies revealed to us in Jesus Christ. Self-sacrifice comes from a knowledge of how weak you are, how desperate you are to cling to the kingdom. And in verse 2 it says, For you know what instructions we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. God has appointed us pastors, elders, godly parental authorities, and Paul is telling us that we already know what to do because we have the instructions and scriptures available to us. You see, Luke 12, 48. From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from those who have been entrusted with much, much will be asked. So how many copies of the Bible do we have here in Canada? We can freely pray. How many online or virtual sessions are available to us? How many social media platforms? How many godly influences walk the planet? Many. God is saying, you have so much at your fingertips to know me. You have so many ways to discover me. Do you know how rich this country is? The poverty line in Canada is rich considered to most countries. How do I know this? Because godly old men I've met have gone to those countries and they've come back and told me stories. Take the word of God seriously or you will receive full measure of his wrath. And then selflessness is not caring about yourself less. Selflessness is caring about yourself less. Meanwhile, there are still people who feel it, it is their job to judge. We judge others because we do not want to love them. 
It could be that homeless man we ignore or submitting to a godly authority placed over you or the word of God itself, whether it be a pastor. How easy is it to say, okay, Mr. Muscles, you need to wear a bigger shirt or okay, beautiful young lady, you need to wear a longer skirt. Then the question is, are you praying for them? Are you concerned for them? We do not live, we do not love as we ought, and we gossip about others. Why do we not first pray for them? Just because it is not right in our eyes does not mean it's biblical. That's why it's imperative that you read and understand your scriptures, as Sim was talking about this morning. Here's an example. I only choose to drink when I'm married. Now the word of God doesn't say you can't drink, it says don't get drunk. Do not think less of somebody because of your convictions. As long as the basic fundamentals of Scripture is their rock, we ought to love them. You may judge if you have not sinned. He without sin may throw the first stone. I know a church, I cannot say the name for confidentiality reasons, but I know a church and there was a pastor and he was busy. And I mean busy. He did missions, youth groups, sermons, evangelism, everything you can think of and so much more, spending so much time to help the needy people. But the people still had the audacity to let it be known what they didn't like about him. Have you not read Matthew 7, 1 to 6? Do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you will, for in the same way you judge, you will, sorry, do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you will judge others, you will be judged. And the measure you use it, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw away your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and tear you to pieces. Also Proverbs twenty nineteen. A gossip portrays a confidence, so avoid a man who talks too much. In this culture, we are way too ungrateful for things, which is why in verse 6, God is telling us we are dogs and pigs. Because he's telling us if we gave him what is sacred, if he gave us what is sacred, what is holy, if he gave us heavenly pearls and treasures here on earth, it would mean nothing to us. We would trample them under our feet. And the ones he has chosen here on earth to be pastors and missionaries, he knows their hearts and can trust them with that level of treasure. What does judge or judging mean? The dictionary says, form an opinion or conclusion about. It's pretty scary. (laughs) Judging means to form an opinion or conclusion about. We shouldn't worry about what's happening in someone else's garden because I've got enough weeds in my own garden to worry about. God will deal with them accordingly. And if God lays that burden on your heart and you've prayed about it, then you go and talk to them and deal with them, deal with them the way Matthew 18, 15 to 18 says to do. Verse 3 to 8. It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control his own body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the heathen who do not know God, and that in this matter no one should wrong his brother or take advantage of him. 
the Lord will punish men for all such sins, as we have already told you and warned you. For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Therefore, he who rejects instructions does not reject man, but God, who gives you his Holy Spirit. It is God's will that you should be sanctified. Should I say any more? Is there any more that needs to be spoken? Sanctification meaning by the dictionary says, the action of causing something to be morally right and acceptable, and the action of making or declaring something holy. How can I love that which is holy, yet live with that which is unholy? If I love babies, I must hate abortion. Matthew fifteen sixteen to 20 says, Are you so dull? Jesus asked them. Don't you see whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? But the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart, and these make a man unclean. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, and slander. These are what make a man unclean, which is why it is important to renew your mind daily, if not hourly, several times a day. And some of you could cut back on the several. You know, you, know we, you will know if you're taking the word of God seriously because we will see a change in your life. Do I really need to go into detail about passionate lust or taking advantage of your brother? Are we so desensitized in this culture that we do not consciously know what is right and wrong? Yes. That is why it is important that you read the word. Luke 6:46. You call me Lord, Lord, yet do not do what I say. You know, one of the biggest signs of spiritual growth is slipping away to Jesus. Luke 15:16. But Jesus often slipped away to be alone so he could pray. Girls slip away to the mall. We slip away to the lake. Men slip away to go shoot guns. Which are not bad things, but you know you're on the right path when you slip away to go be with your Savior in prayer. You know you're on the right path when you slip away to go read His Word. You know you're spiritually maturing when you need to slip away with Jesus. With Jesus. You slip away with Christ, communion with Him. You have no greater desire than to sit down and to read His words of wisdom or come to Him in prayer. Verse 9 and 10. Now about brotherly love, we do not need to write to you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love each other. And in fact, you do. You do love all the brothers throughout Macedonia, yet we urge you, brothers, to do so more and more. Proverbs, we already know how to love. It's ingrained on our soul. What is love? Then Then let me ask you, what is your theology? What is your doctrine? Theology means the study of, and doctrine means a set of beliefs held and taught by a church. So do you study God, who is love, so you know how to love? Do you want to know God? Spend time on your knees and cultivate a life of prayer. Do you study the word? Do you wrestle with deity? Deity means God. I hope you understand that God ought to be our executioner. The executioner executed his own son so he could have a relationship with us. Now, 
There's enough strength and power in that sentence alone for a lifetime of piety. Piety means the quality of being reverent. Reverence means a deep and solemn respect. Respect means a feeling of deep admiration for someone. So what I just said was the gospel is enough for a lifetime of admiration. So do you admire God? Because he admires you so much that he sent his son to have a relationship with you. Love is what every human craves, a form of love that's undeniable. There are four forms of love that the Bible touches on. In our culture, we use one word for love, love. But in Greek, they use four kinds of words for love. Eros, storge, philia, and agape. Have we all heard these words before? Eros, that is an erotic or sensual love, part of which is found in Song of Solomon. This form of love is only to be kept for marriage. But when you get this love, it is to be a celebration from God. Example from this is Proverbs 5, uh, Proverbs 5 18 and 19. A loving doe, a graceful deer, may she satisfy you always. May you be intoxicated with her love. That's an example. And then there's Storge. As children of God, God calls his children to love each other with a deep and affection of Storge love, something that's more than physical. We are bound together by spirit. More than human blood is the blood of Christ. Romans 12:10. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. So may I decrease so others may increase. Don't keep looking inward at yourself. True humility is looking outward, noticing others and what they are good at, and telling them, being more into others than yourself. Lifting one another up in the faith. Colossians 3:12. Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, gentleness, humility, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them together in perfect unity. And then there's a stub storge love, which is filio storgos. This means love between people, prone to love, loving tenderly. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 10. As Christians, we are commanded to love one another. If we love each other correctly, we will bring about the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians 5. Love, joy, peace, patience, happiness, goodness, and self-control. Philia. This is a general love that the Bible focuses on. Care, respect, and compassion. John 13:35. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. You see, if we have all faith, all courage, all might, all power, but have not love, the Bible tells us we did all that in vain. It is worthless. You have acquired all that in vain, even if you offer yourself as a burnt sacrifice. God needs people who will love. The last is agape. This is God's love. This is the highest and the truest form of love. This, this defines God's immeasurable and incomparable love for humankind. Jesus Christ defined this kind of love to his Father and to us all in the way he lived and died in the famous John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son. Paul is telling us, once you think you cannot love anymore, you are required to love more. Then I ask, how? 
Let's go to 1 Thessalonians 5, 8 to 16. But since we belong to the day, let us be self-controlled, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together in him. Therefore, encourage one another. Build each other up just as in fact you are doing. Now we ask you, brothers, to respect those who work hard among you, who are over who are over you in the Lord, and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard and love because of their work. Live in peace with one another. And we urge you, brothers, warn those who are idle. Encourage the timid. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always try to be kind to each other and to everyone else. Be joyful. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Then you ask, how can I love more than that? Once I have accomplished that, how may I love more? Well, then I ask you, what cannot be done in prayer? Now, let let us go to prayer. Father, as we end the sermon, to speak on brotherly love, I want to show these people a brother who gave it all for me to tell them a story about a brother whose love causes me to have passion and vigor a love so strong that it, it that it is the driving force of the world amen guide us lord amen as i end tonight i have a story about a brother who gave it all for me This love I have felt makes me burn with passion and vigor. Tonight, I do not care about your reputation. I do not care who you are or how many friends you have. I do not care if you wear a skirt, but what I do care is this. I care about your soul. If you're just going to church and wearing a skirt and hanging out with a certain group of friends without any love or growing towards Christ, then my friends, you know not God. If that is you, you ought to be terrified. I'm not trying to be mean. Do you know how much love it takes for me to stand up here and tell you these things? Do you know how much love it takes for me every Sunday to see beautiful girls come in these doors, to shake hands with the men, and then they leave without a glimpse of hope? Every Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, and you hear Sims and I voice, and you hear warning after warning after warning, and come that day, you stand naked, Before a holy and just God, you will burn for the rest of your life in the lake of fire because you came to church and dimmed your moral conscience enough to to send you there. I only care about one thing. Do you love Christ? If your theology and your doctrine doesn't create a fire and a passion within your soul, then you're doing one of two things wrong. You're either presenting it incorrectly or you have the wrong doctrine. The gospel is not a starting point in the faith. It is the end all and be all. My brother came and walked this planet for 33 years. 
After 33 years of ministry, the people he came to save beat him and put him on a cross. Why? Because he loves you. He wants you. Everything that's happened in your life is so you will draw near to him. If you think you are a good person, then you know not God. If you think because you grew up with rules and regulations that other people don't do, that that makes you a Christian, then you are not Christian. Have you truly repented of your cultural Christianity and traditions and put your trust in the one true living God who rose again three days later so you and I can never die? Are you filled with the spirit that he left us? Look at yourself. Literally look at yourself. Every little piece of your body is made in his image. I think one time Jeremy gave me a a three-hour lecture on being made in his image. He has placed you just below his angels. To say you're not worthy of his love is to call God a liar, and God is not a liar. God is only as big and as powerful as you make him out to be. So how big is your God? It will take an eternity to figure out this God. That's how big he is. He's bigger than you and I could ever comprehend. If you're not getting anything out of this Christian life, then you're doing it wrong. Once you have the love in your heart and you say... You will say and do things that you never expected to. Then you say, Randy, I don't know about that. Well, then how about the word of God says so? And I've experienced this in my life. God is love. Repent and spend the rest of your life repenting of your sins and believing in him. But no, you're not going to. You're just going to keep on living as you are until you've hit rock bottom. If you want to fear men, then you... Sit in your seat. If you want to fear God, then you come before the altar. Let's go to prayer. Father, so many people come to church for attention, for social gatherings, for culture. We worship everything in church but God but to love you. Father, you know I pray for this congregation daily. I love these people in this congregation, but they break our hearts. Father, how long until these people get it? Would you lift the scales off their eyes? I am so tired of shaking hands with dead men. I am so tired of smiling at women who do not care. Father, would you blow on this place? Please. Draw mighty name. Amen.